20. You know, if I could, I would, I would not have a title for this message. Maybe you would, you can, you can title it, but God gave me a title. It says here, Divine Battles. Divine Battles. That's what we're talking today. Joshua chapter 11, verse 20. Father God, I'm going to speak your word. Let your word come with power and authority. Put your fire of, put your fire in my tongue. Put your fire in my voice. In Jesus' name, whatever anyone has lost here, I pray that we recovered back. In Jesus' name, Amen. Joshua eleven twenty says, "For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts, that they should come up, they should come against Israel in battle, that He might destroy them utterly." And that they might have no no favor, but that he might destroy them, as the Lord commanded Moses. Let's go to uh, uh, verse fifteen. As the Lord commanded Moses, his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. So Joshua took all that land, the hills, and all the south country, and all the land of Goshen, and the valley, and the plain, and the mountain of Israel, and the valley of the same, even from the Mount Halak, that goeth up to Seir, even unto Baal, God in the valley of Lebanon, under Mount Hermon, Mount Hermon is in Argentina, and all their uh, kings, he took and smote them and slew them. Joshua made war a long time with all those kings. There was not a city that made peace with the children of Israel, save the Hivite, Havites, Havites, excuse me, the inhabitants of Gibeon, all other they took in battle. For it was of the Lord to harden their hearts that they should come up, that they should come against Israel in battle, that he might destroy them utterly, that they might have no favor, but that he might destroy them as the Lord commanded Moses. And at that time came Joshua and cut off the Anakims, from the mountains. The Anakims are giants. Those are the son of Anak, descendants of Anak and Anakim. From the mounts, from the mountains, excuse me, from Hebron, from Debir, from Anab, and from all the mountains of Judah, and from all the mountains of Israel. Joshua destroyed them utterly with their cities. There was none of the Anakims left in the land of the children of Israel, only in Gazer, in Gath, and in Ashdod. There remained. So Joshua took the whole land according to all that the Lord said unto Moses. And Joshua gave it for inheritance unto Israel according to their division by their tribes. And the land rested from war. Okay, so I want us to mark Joshua chapter 11 verse 20. Okay, it was of the Lord to harden their hearts. There are battles and warfares that God ordains as he wills. To destroy your enemies. Your enemies may try to make you fall or stumble, but the Lord will continue to make them astonished and perplexed that in spite of all the evils done to you, in spite of all the attacks, the assaults, the backbiting, the gaslighting, the false accusations, the death threats, the poisonings, the witchcrafts, the evil consultations, and the endless barrage of assaults that the devil tries to bring against you, God will not allow them to win because victory is yours. Not every battle we go will go as you will or desire or wish. There are some battles and warfares that is meant to strengthen your faith and give you spiritual stamina and give you resilience in your faith and walk with God as long as you continue to push through while your enemy is fighting the tactics of the enemy is exposed his strategy is exposed the strategy of the enemy will be exposed when God decides to set up a divine battle that's why it's very important for us to maintain our cause. Your cause is that you continue to pray without ceasing. Your cause is that you continue to stand in faith. Your cause is that you continue to declare God's word. 
it says in verse 2, it says, It was of the Lord to harden their heart they should come up against Israel in battle. So God ordained that these, these specific battle that the enemies of Israel will continue to pursue after Israel. And God did this because it was his will so that he can destroy the enemies of Israel utterly. That means completely. And they will have no favor, but that he might destroy them. So, when you are fighting, God can allow your enemies to be confused. Your enemies are throwing their punches, but their punches cannot affect you. You may feel it, but they're not, you're not worried about it. Same thing with warfare. A lot of people have come on this life to try to get away from the warfare that God has set up for them to gain spiritual might and dominion. A lot of times God said, nope. Tell them to pray. Tell them to fast. Keep praying. Some people were disappointed by that. When I was going through what I was going through, when I, God was calling me out from the secular work in the hospital, I didn't real. I realized looking back that God allowed me to go to all those things to prove to the Satanists that they could not win. I remember one time I was in my vehicle and I was being targeted by the Illuminati and some secret people that wanted. I didn't understand what was going on in the spirit. But I remember they put someone in my vehicle and that person was using psychic powers to try to make me have an accident. So I was working for Uber and lift at that time and I was driving and I felt the Spirit of God hold my soul it's hard to explain at that moment the angels of God were aware of what was going on I wasn't aware and instantly the angel of God stopped the accident from happening I remember one time I was in my vehicle and I heard angels of God said, do not look back. Boy, did I try to look back and I saw a bright flash of light. I was in the ministry at that time, but I was going through attacks. I was being assaulted and uh, being targeted by Illuminati, Freemasonry. They wanted me to join them and all kinds of secret stuff. I didn't understand that the anointing that God had gave me was responsible for me having to go through this warfare. I remember one time I was standing, I was in the vehicle and uh, I saw a lot of things that I cannot explain. And I kept asking God, why are you letting me go through all this stuff? Why are you letting me go through all this stuff? Why is it that you having me go through all this stuff? Being harassed, being uh, abused, targeted, lied on, being surveilled summoning of demons, fallen angels, uh, having encounters with some strange entities that live amongst us, which I did not initiate, but some people were trying to set this up to destroy me. When the Bible says in Isaiah 54, 17, it says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That means no voodoo, no fallen angel, no witch, no wizard, no warlock, nobody, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because God has set the battle. And I remember one time that was, I used to, before I, God stripped me away from working in the health industry, there was a young woman that I met. She was married. She had two kids. And uh, she told me some things that happened to her. She said, oh, there's this prophet of God that she knows. At that time, I didn't really know much. He said, he will pray for you. So I said, give me his number because I want this problem to end. Don't we all want the problems to end? But sometimes those problems are not there for nothing. They're there for your promotion. If the God did not harden the hearts of the enemies of Israel, then the enemies of Israel would not be destroyed utterly. God set them up in a trap. God is about to set your enemies up in a trap. They've been fighting to destroy your relationship. They've been trying to destroy your hope. They've been trying to destroy your ministry. They've been trying to destroy your focus. They've tried to they put your name all over the place. They try to smear you, do smear campaigns against you. They did a lot of stuff to you. But the Lord is speaking to me tonight to tell you that He has ordered a divine battle where your enemies will be wasted. 
They're going to be wasted in strength, in might, in resources. They're going to literally just drown in the Red Sea just like the Egyptians. And if you believe that tonight, say, yes, God, I believe your word. And say, God, I want you to harden the hearts of my enemies that as long as they keep coming up against me, they'll be utterly destroyed. <laughs> the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets not. They try to set you up. They try to do a lot of things to me. But God kept me. I remember one time I had an encounter with a werewolf. I don't know who it was, but some Satanist in that area summoned in New Jersey, somewhere in New Jersey. I was driving one night and I remember this clearly because I had just finished. I had read the book by Rebecca Brown. I don't endorse any authors, but she had an encounter with werewolves. So I remember that day I was driving down a particular street between East Orange and Orange or and Newark or somewhere around that area at nighttime. For some reason, I was I was driving down that area. And all of a sudden, everything got dark and quiet and silent. You could hear a pin drop. And almost instantly, I saw two-headed creatures. It was a world in the spirit realm. Everything in my vehicle stopped. All I remember is nothing. All I remember is angels of God intervening. And I said, blood of Jesus. And it just, everything was, they just took control because these are demonic creatures that are very powerful. And they usually, they are summoned, according to what I read in that book, to kill somebody. Unknown to me, people have been trying to kill me. Some of you do not know who's trying to get rid of you. But no matter how much they try to get rid of you, God keeps making them fail. No matter how they try to get you out of that job, God makes them fail. When I was working in the industry, in the when I say industry, a healthcare industry, you know how many times they try to set me up? I've seen some very funny stuff. One time I went, and I say funny because it's funny for you, but now for those in the spirit, you know what I'm talking about. I was working in a hospital, and the witches there hated me. So I remember one time, the first time it happened, I went to see a patient. I knew what was in the room. I knew the oxygen settings for that patient. I knew the the flow meter settings and all of that. It was I knew what the patient was on. I left that. I completed my assessment on that floor and I went to the other side of the floor to do my next assessment. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, go back to that room. When I went back to the room, the oxygen was disconnected, everything was disconnected, and the patient was there about to die. But the Bible says that the devil, the enemy, our enemies will be entrapped in their wickedness. The devices of the enemy will be entrapped in their wickedness. The trap that the enemy set for you, they will fall into that very trap. This word has come for the young people tonight because a lot of them don't understand. Some of you may not understand. You may have young children in this generation or teenagers and you think they're lost. They're not lost. The God who gave you those children are, did not give you them to lose them. Some of them are going through the fire. And when they come out that fiery furnace, they're going to come out with testimony of victory and faith. And God will use them. I've seen so many broken people. I've ministered to goths. I've ministered to lesbians, homosexuals, bisexuals. I've ministered to uh, porn stars. I've ministered to God has used me to reach them. And some people, sometimes people think, why is he talking to those kind of people? Well, if Jesus was here, he would talk to them. He would pray for them. He would minister to them. He would share his love. He would share his grace. He said his grace is sufficient for us. All my life, I'd had a lot of supernatural encounters. Some of you may, may be able to key in with what I'm saying. I've had encounters that I could not explain why. Why is it that this is happening to me? Why is this happening? From the moment you were born, there was a war. There is a war. There was a war. And there will always be a war till you leave this world. A war against the light that God has put inside of you. The children of Israel were called by God. They were chosen by God. Angels, just the way there are demons amongst us, there's also angels amongst us. There are people that live on this earth, you think they're human beings, but they're angels in disguise. 
they appear human but they're angels. I don't know why. There's a testimony I wanted to share with you, but it's skipping my memory. Maybe the Lord doesn't want me to share it. God has ordained certain things. So when you encounter warfare, go on your knees and say, God, is this from you? If it's not from you, then God, I ask you, destroy this warfare. Some of us understand the Bible says, if a good soldier of Christ must endure hardship, must endure hardship, what did God do with the Israelites? I mean, the Egyptians, when the Egyptians wanted to come up against the Israelites by the Red Sea, God let the Egyptian, Egyptian chariots to get very close to the Israelites. And the Israelites were afraid. And Moses said, do not be afraid. You shall see the goodness of God. Hallelujah. When they were crossing the Red Sea, they were afraid. They were afraid of the noise of the chariots. They were afraid of the uh, the warfare that was coming. I'm going to find the scripture for you. If you find it, you can read it. I just want to read that place where Moses will use it. Yes, the crossing of the Red Sea. I got it. Let's go to his Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. I mean, verse 10. Let's go. No, let's not go to verse 10. Let's go to verse. Uh, verse 4. Exodus chapter 14, verse 4. It says, I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them. And I will be honored upon Pharaoh, upon all his hosts that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. God is saying the same thing to you. He will harden the hearts of your enemies. When a heart is hardened, that heart cannot be... When a heart is hardened by God, it's very, very possible that that heart will not repent because God has already measured out, because God weighs the hearts of, of man. So, I mean, there's the when Pharaoh's heart was hardened, that means there's no room for repentance. Repentance for Pharaoh. God is literally saying, okay, I've got Pharaoh. I already know what he's going to do. Pharaoh's not going to repent. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to harden his heart. So, don't give up, my brothers and sisters. The battle is, when, the, when you have a battle, the battle has already been won. When you have a warfare, it's already been won. Just wait for the manifestation of it. Let's read on. And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants were turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we might let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 char chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. When God ordains a battle, you are going out and up with a high hand of the living God. Who can stop the hand of God? Who can stop his power? When you're going through a warfare, a challenge, ask God to release more of his power, more of his grace. Learn to worship God. Learn to be patient. Yes, the enemies are firing arrows at your hands and your feet. But the Bible says, Great is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But the Egyptians pursued, verse 9 of Exodus 14, But the Egyptians pursued after them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them, and camping by the sea beside Pi-Hiroth, before Baal-Zephon. So Pharaoh's chariots overtook the Israelites. 
And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lift up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were afraid. And the children of Israel cried out, out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? So now they're complaining. A lot of times in our human nature, we complain. When we're going through unpleasant warfare, unpleasant situations. If it's not your time to die, you're not dying. You're under the dispensation of God's grace. You access God's grace by faith. Verse 12, is it not this the word that we did tell the Egyptians? Say, let us alone that we might serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that, that, than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, fear you not, stand still. When, you are, when God ordains a battle for you, or you're going through a very tough battle, God wants you to remove the element of fear. Until you conquer fear, you will not see anything change in that warfare. You will not see anything change in that situation. You have to have the opposite of fear, which is faith. Because the Bible said the just shall live by faith. They say the just shall live by agendas or, or, or uh, psychologists. No. Stop going to psychologists to solve your problems. You are a child of God. You mean to tell me that the word of God is, is deficient to solve your problem? That's why you go to a psychologist to deal with your battles. Then you go there, they, they manipulate your mind and you think everything is okay, but there's not change. They just patch the situation or probably even made it worse. It's a shame that the church is embracing today the things it should not be embracing. Psychology should not be in the house of God. Anything that is of the knowledge outside of the word of God should not be in the house of God. Because what it does is diminishes your faith to trust God through the storms, through the battles, through the warfares. Do you have any warfares that God fought for the children of Israel without the children of Israel lifting up one swipe of their sword? There was a battle with the children of Israel were going to fight and God sent two angels. Each of these angels, whenever they swipe their sword, Whenever they swipe their sword, 185,000 will die. Can you imagine one angel standing over New York City and just swipe their sword just in downtown Times Square? And 5 million people just die in one shot? The power of God is, is immense. There is no distance in the spirit. There is no limitation in the spiritual realm. That's why when you access God's power by faith, you're connected to the spiritual realm where God's power flows and is unlimited, unhindered, unrestricted, and does not and cannot bow to any other power because God's power is supreme in your life. Some of us think we need to have like a mountain of faith for God to do nothing. No, Jesus said, he said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed, you'll be removed. I rebuke this uh, thing right now that's troubling my airway and cast it out to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. I bind whatever spirits and demons are attacking my airway now and cast them out to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. So now the children of Israel are complaining. Do we not all complain? Oh God, I'm tired of the witchcraft attacks. I'm tired of this, I'm tired of that. There are different kinds of battles and warfares. Uh, and Moses said, Fear not, stand still, verse 13, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew to you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Isn't that what we just read in Joshua chapter 11, verse 20? He said, You harden their heart and utterly destroy them. When God steps in into your battle, into your warfare, you better believe that when he steps in there, your enemies are not coming out. They're not coming out victorious. Excuse me. They're not coming out victorious. Who is, who is that person that's going to stand against God? Do you know that God is a warrior? It says in the Bible that the Lord God Almighty is a man of war. In the book of Psalms, King David describes God. God reveals himself as a man of war. Who wakes up out of reason by who wakes up 
by reason of wine. He's like a drunken man, but he's not drunken. He wakes up. Is there in the scripture? I don't know if anybody can pull it up for me. Let me see if I can find it for you. So you guys can understand that God is not a joke. Okay. Let's see if I can find it for you real quick. Okay, Psalm 78, verse 65. S Psalm 78, verse 65. Let's go to verse 64. <laughs> I want to go to verse 64. 78, 64. And then we'll read 65. King David is describing the Lord, the Lord God Almighty. Okay. Some of you read the Psalms and you don't pay attention there. It says there, uh, you know what? Uh, okay, if you read all the way from the top to the bottom, it describes God's majesty. And in verse 64, it says, Their priests fell by the sword, and the widows made no lamentation. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, and like a mighty man that shouted by reason of wine, and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts. He put them to a perpetual reproach. So here God is smiting the enemies on their backside. Can you imagine somebody using a sword to pierce the backside of your enemies? Say the Lord awakes as one out of sleep. God doesn't sleep, but he awakes out of sleep. Because that God, the way that God waits in patience to deal with our enemies is not the way we wait. Because the grace of God are higher than our ways. The Bible said that God is slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Some of us want to fight our warfares with anger and frustration. That is the worst way to win a battle. God does not respond to your anger and frustration in battle. He will remind you that you need to stand in faith. But your anger and your frustration does not help. I'm not saying that you need to be soft in battle. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your response should be a response of faith. Here, the children of Israel were what? What were they doing in Exodus 14? They were complaining. They were frustrated. They're like, you know what, Moses? You should have left us in Egypt. Let us just serve. <coughs> Let us just serve these guys, you know? Let us be their slave. You should have left us there. Now you want to dig us a grave? You want to give us a quick grave? It said in verse 65 and 66 that the Lord wakes out, awaked as one out of sleep and like a mighty man that shouted by reason of wine and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts. The Lord will smite your enemies tonight in the hinder parts and will put them to a perpetual reproach. You read the whole of that Psalm 78 because God is mighty. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. This was written by Asaph. Asaph was a recorder of King David. Let's go to back to Exodus 14. The title of this youth outreach message is Divine Battles. <laughs> Some of you here are curse breakers. And you've been fighting. Maybe you've been fighting for years. Thank you. You've been fighting for years to break a curse in your family. So let me pause for a moment and go back to that testimony I was giving to you. So this lady that I met in my job when I was going through what I was going through. And I was asking God, why am I going through all of this persecution and attacks? You know what the prophet said to me? He said to me, he said, God has a lot of work for you. He said, you don't know who you are. I said, what is he talking about? What does he mean? God has a lot of work for me. So I just want this thing to end, you know? He said, God has a lot of work for you. He said to me, God always gives <laughs> he said, God always gives his greatest servants the toughest battles to fight. I didn't like to hear that. I was like, what is he talking about? I don't want to hear this. But just pray for me and let this thing end, you know. 
That's all he said to me. He didn't pray for me. He said nothing to me. <coughs> Thank you. Is that not how we always respond to God? We want everything to end quickly. But do you know that every battle in your life is a testament in heaven against Satan's assault against your life? There's going to be stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks and innumerable stacks of testimonies. Your life, that's why they're in heaven, there's two books in heaven. Actually, more than two books. There's the book of life and then the books about your life. Your life is in, in alliance with God. Meaning when I say alliance with God, that means you're in line with God. You've accepted Christ. Is God's handwriting testament against the devil. Can you imagine going to a court case and someone is coming up against you and your attorney is the almighty God. And God said, don't say a word. I got all the details. And you think he don't got it because you're complaining. Father, please help my sister to find her car keys in Jesus' name. Amen. Send an angel to her sister in Jesus' name. Amen. You will find it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then you go to court. Let's say Jesus is your attorney and God is the judge. Because God is the judge. And there's five billion evidences against the person coming up against you. Do you really think that this person is going to win the case? No, you will win the case. So that white throne of God's judgment, the testament of God's work in your life when you overcome. I wonder what kind of Christians we are today or believers we say we are today and we forget that we are overcomers. There is no way you're going to be a victorious overcomer if there's no battle. There is no way you're going to be a victorious overcomer if there's no war a warfare or spiritual warfare. There is no way you're going to be an overcomer like Jesus overcame if you do not pray and go through challenging times to challenge your faith. There is no faith without any challenge. God is calling you tonight to a deeper challenge with him in a relationship. And I challenge every one of you to get that faith. Go to that secret place. Some of you here, yeah, God is going to use you to do a lot of great things. But that means you're going to give up a lot and you have to go through a lot. Some of you will pray for people to get into relationships. You help people to get into a lot of stuff, but the devil is waiting for you to give you a challenge so that when you want to have a relationship, when you want to get a breakthrough, he'll make it difficult for you. But in spite of what he does to you, you just keep standing. Encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ. Encourage one another. Encourage your pastors because you don't know what they're going through. Encourage the leaders. Some of these so-called names that are mentioned, they've been thrown around these past couple of weeks. Some of them have going through internal battles. So the, God is about to set your enemies up to fall for you. God is about to, as he did with Pharaoh. Let's look at what God did with Pharaoh. Let's go to verse 13 of Exodus 14. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will shew for you today. For the Egyptians you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. He didn't say you shall see them no more. He said you shall see them no more forever. That's the same promise that God gave to Joshua and the Israelites in, in Joshua chapter 11 verse 20. The Lord shall fight for you and ye shall hold your peace. When God is fighting for you, that's not a time for you to start complaining and running around from church to church, pastor to pastor, prophet to prophet. Holding your peace means be still, shut your mouth, keep praying to God, keep trusting Him, and let Him work. And some of us don't know how to do that. And it's a sad reality. Because when you're, when you're holding your peace, you are it's a sign of trust. When you're not holding your peace, it shows you don't trust God and God will draw His hands. Sometimes God has to shut us up and like, shut up, let me finish this work. It's not everybody that needs to know what's going on in your life. Not every battle that's going on in your life that everybody needs to know. Let's read on. And the Lord and the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore Christ thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thy hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. 
and I behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. Okay. So God is making them go into their own trap. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. So God is getting his glory. Remember the Bible said that God will not share his glory with any man. God led Pharaoh to be very puffed up like a balloon, thinking that he was all that. Your enemies are puffing and huffing, thinking they're all that because they're Freemasons, because they're Eastern stars, because they're working with the CIA, FBI, NSA, and they're abusing their value of authority, their judges. They're puffing up, but their day is coming. Their day is coming because that when that day is coming, they're not going to be able to escape. They will not be able to escape. Those false pastors and churches and ministers that have been harassing you, cursing you, praying against you. He said, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall, fo and they shall follow them. And I will get me on upon Pharaoh upon all the hosts, all his hosts upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. When I have gotten me on upon Pharaoh upon his chariots upon his horsemen. And the angel of God which went before the camp of Israel removed and went behind them. And the pillar of the cloud went from behind, excuse me, from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them. But it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. So God literally used what I would call a difference in timeline. You know how like you have different time zones? So God used time to protect the Israelites. A pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night, separating the Egyptians from the Philistines. So when the Egyptians thought they're getting close during the day, it was actually nighttime for the Israelites. And when it was daytime for the Israelites, <laughs> it was nighttime for the, for the enemies of Israel. So when they're supposed to be awake to try to fight the Israelites, they'll be asleep because God has already created this setup. Okay? So when your enemies think that they're winning, they're actually losing. The ground that they think they're gaining over you because when they're fighting against you, they're fighting against God. Have you forgotten that the Bible says that God has made us the apple of his eyes. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. Verse 21 of Exodus 14. And the Lord caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all that night. And made the sea dry land and the waters were divided. God loves the east. The east in the Garden of Eden. This is one of God's closest portals to get to man. And the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon the dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand, under their left. Can you imagine their feet, a wall of water rising almost 70 feet plus on your left and right and not touching you? And the Egyptians pursued and went in after them to the midst of the sea, even all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And it came to pass, and in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and of the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. The Lord will trouble your enemies. The trouble of your enemies have begun. They've been wielding their sword against you, wielding that evil against you. God is about to turn the tables against them. Say amen in the name of Jesus and ask God to do this for you. Turn these scriptures I'm reading into prayers. There's a prayer point I read. It says, in the name of Jesus, I command all my enemies that are contesting against my greatness, against my ministry. Father, waste them away in the name of Jesus. The stubborn enemies, the stubborn demons, the stubborn spirits, that dragon spirit, Leviathan spirits, Lord God Almighty, waste them away. As you wasted away the enemies of Israel, as you wasted away the Egyptians, Lord, waste them away. Those generational ancestral powers, demons, entities, beings, principalities, God can waste them away if you speak the word. And stand on the word. The spiritual realm is so intense and so there's a lot of activity that goes on in the spiritual realm that we're disconnected from because we're in this sick in this sinful world and we are in this fleshly body. But the Bible says that if any man be in Christ is a new creature, 
old things have passed away, all things become new. The flesh is old, will always be old, will always be sinful. But when you're in Christ, you're connected to the spiritual realm through the Holy Spirit to pray. And that spiritual realm is where God initiates things. Don't go into the spiritual realm looking for things if God did not initiate it. Verse 25, and took off their chariot wheels that they drave them heavily. So the Egyptians said, let us flee from the face of Israel. So now the enemies of Israel are trying to flee. They're trying to run. You can try to run from God, but you can't hide. You can try to hide, but you can't run. Let us flee from the face of Israel, for the Lord fighteth for them against the Egyptians. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand over the sea, that the waters may come again upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, upon their horsemen. And Moses stretched forth his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to his strength. When the morning appeared, and Egyptians fled against it, and the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. And the waters returned and covered the chariots. The Lord will cover your enemies, they will not be seen no more. The Egyptians you shall you see today, you will see them no more forever, saith the Lord God Almighty. That was the word that God gave to Moses, and he spoke to the Israelites. And I speak that word to you in the name of Jesus. Whatever represents Egypt in your life, Pharaoh in your life, whatever represents stubborn enemies, stubborn warfare, demonic assaults, I speak the word of God in the name of Jesus and I decree that it is over. You will never see them again. They'll be wasted away per permanently. They'll be utterly destroyed by the hand of God. The Lord will fight for you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, all the hosts of Pharaoh that came into the sea after them. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked upon dry land in the midst of the sea, and the waters were a wall unto them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. God used water to kill the enemies of Israel. Today God is a consuming fire. He will use his fire to consume your enemies. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. God allowed this to happen so that the faith of Israel, of the Israelite people would be strengthened and they would not put their faith in Egypt. It says there right there that they, they were afraid. But when they saw this miracle, what happened? They trusted God. Where is your trust tonight? Your trust, is, your trust in God. It says, and believe the Lord and his servant Moses. Why did they believe the servant Moses? Because before that time, they probably didn't trust him. A lot of you don't trust the people that God has placed in your life who are anointed by God. It is one thing for God to place someone in your life that you don't even know is sent to help you or bring deliverance to you or lift you up or encourage you or just be there as a watch over you. And you running around like a headless chicken looking for a solution or you're crying or trying to do things in your own strength. The Bible said we should not lean onto our own understanding. There were times when God asked me to reach out to somebody for prayer, for comfort, for encouragement, because nobody else was doing it, and I needed it. God knew that I'm a human being. God knows what you need. The Bible says He's a present help in time of need, but sometimes there are things that God will do through people around you and situations around you. So will you believe God tonight in the battle that you're fighting as I round up? There are battles on warfare that God ordains and wills to destroy your enemies. No matter how many traps the devil has set for you, sometimes the devil will wage a war against you when it comes to relationship, failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship. And then just when you think things are not working out, God begins to work a miracle because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. You're in line. Some of you have been on a plane before and you see how the plane lines up on the tarmac, ready to take off. You see those yellow lines that they have or white lines, whatever color, it depends on, I don't know what country, but most of the time it's yellow. Some of you, you're not lined up properly on the line, so you can't take off yet. That lining up is you're lining up with God's word by faith. You don't see the end of the tarmac when you're taking off. You're all the way at the, further, further, at the starting point. You don't see the end. But just when you think you're getting to the end and you think there is no hope, the plane lifts up and you go soaring high. That's how your faith is before God. 
symbolically. God is an on-time God. He doesn't fail. I find a lot of times that God waits to the last minute to test man to see how much man will will uh, be able to trust him. When Jesus was when Jesus was very tired, he went in the ship, and he expected the disciples all the time they spent with him. He expected the disciples to take a simple authority over the storm that was blowing. What did they do? They began to cry and were terrified. And they said, Master, Master, don't you care that we're, we're drowning? And the Master said, Oh, you have little faith. He spoke to this boy. He said, He said, Peace be still. And he went back to he went back to sit down and rest. And he said, well, What kind of man is it that even the air, the wind, and the, and the storms obey him? Jesus was demonstrating to us that in spite of whatever storms are raging against you, you have the victory. Sometimes you need other people to help you. If God did not send Moses, nobody, none of the children of Israel would be able to trust God. God had to bring an individual to be a testament of faith, a testament of righteousness, a testament of meekness, a testament of humility, a testament of resilience, a testament of what we as human beings would call blind trust. In the personage of Moses to bring hope and deliverance to the Israelites. You, my brothers and sisters, are, the, are like Moses. You are sent to bring hope to people around you. Do you, manage, do you know how many people God has used me to bring out from drug addictions, battling with drug addictions for 30 years, 40 years, 20 years, all glory to God. Why is it that God chose me? I've never taken drugs before. I've never had anything negative of that kind of lifestyle, but yet God chose to use me. I used to hide in church a lot because sometimes they tell, as everybody tell your testimony. And my testimony is like, well, I was born, I grew up in the house of God, and I did this. And say, oh, your your life is very perfect. I said, no, it's not perfect. I said, I wish I was like you. But God preserved me. But that does not mean I never went to warfare. That doesn't mean I never battled temptation as a teenager. We've all been a teenagers before. You cannot tell me that you during the teenage years, you do not have raging hormones. Yes, but God gave me the words to deal with that. Internal battles, external battles, family battles, ancestral battles, whatever battles you're going through, God has ordained victory for you. So claim that victory by faith tonight. I'll read it one more again. Well, God says I shouldn't because I already read it, but we read Joshua eleven twenty. This is going to be the end of the life tonight. I'm going to get my rest. It's very important for you to remember that God is always going to win the battle. Or war in your life there's some battles you have to give over to god some of us are fighting battles we think that because we're anointed we're gifted that we can do what we like let me tell you something if god did not ask you to lift one sword and you are his warrior you better not lift that sword if god did not ask you to contest in something you better not do it have you ever seen michael taking orders without god's approval michael the archangel God told Michael, go get the body of Moses. God did not tell Michael to fight Lucifer. But Lucifer decided to show up. Say, yeah, I got Michael now. We're going to continue the repeat of what happened in heaven. When he thrust me out of heaven, I'm going to see if I can get him. <laughs> Michael went, found the body, and then Lucifer came and was fighting with Lucifer. He was contending with Lucifer. And Michael could have brought out his sword and started a whole new war. But that was not what God sent him to do. So obedience is necessary when God orders something, a divine battle for you. He said he's going to fight for you. Be obedient, be calm, be gentle. And what did, Moses, what did Michael say to Lucifer? He said, the Lord who made Israel a nation rebuke you. And Lucifer could not stand that. He fell right away and disappeared. Moses and Michael got the body and buried the body of Moses. Simple words, simple faith. He spoke the word. So speak the word of God in your situation. Be resilient, pray, and be determined in your heart.
that the Lord God Almighty who never fails, who never sleeps or slumber is with you. And I pray anybody here that's receiving counterfeit prophecies, I command the power of God to set you free. Because some of you, when you receive counterfeit prophecies, things begin to take formation in your spirit realm. If it's not of God, then you will find yourself going around in circles, being confused. You find yourself under demonic oppression. You find yourself unknowingly. You know, stuff happens in the spirit realm. There are demons that operate in the spirit realm that they are very, very sneaky. One minute you're in God's house, you get a breakthrough. The next 30 seconds or less than a second, they stole it away from you. God forbid. Because you open a door or because you do, you know, you just have to be mindful. And I pray to anybody, I don't know why, but there's someone here. Or maybe there's some people here who receive something that's not from the Lord. And now you're going through some warfare because those things were spoken under the tongue of divination. There are people that can say things to you and begin to change things in your life without God's approval. The only thing I speak is what God says. That's it. There's no divination here. There's no voodoo here. There's none of, none, of, none, of, none of those things. It's all about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the cherubims, the seraphims, the host of heaven. That's all, I, that's all I'm connected to. I'm not connected to anything else. <laughs> so the werewolf came and God destroyed the werewolf that night. I remember one time I was in my vehicle. I was going through some warfare and I seen some very strange things. I was somewhere in a place called Gutenberg, New Jersey. I was driving my vehicle up. At that time, I had a vehicle. And I don't know what happened. But I know that I had seen some things. I, and this God opened my eyes in the spirit room. And I saw these. They appear human, but they're not human. They're giant cone-headed creatures. And these are shape-shifting entities. So I was driving. Like all of a sudden, the car just stopped. All the electronics were flickering and the cars, this is a brand new vehicle. <laughs> and I knew something was going on. And the Lord said, do not be afraid. <laughs> what I didn't realize, even as I speak right now, is that God opened my eyes to see those entities. <laughs> and they were mad because they assumed that the veil that covers them would never be opened, but it was open. God let me see it. And because I saw it, they're powerless. Because when you see and God exposes the enemy, the light of God does not allow them to be able to operate anymore because they operate under the power of darkness. Ask yourself this question. By what power were the Egyptians operating with? How is it possible that they, and they were able to imprison the Israelites? Was it by man-made power? Maybe to a certain degree, but no. They were operating with the powers of darkness. You have a power that is greater than black magic. That power is Jesus Christ. The power of God is vested in the name of Jesus Christ. You have the power of God inside of you that is greater than anything you're going through. <laughs> There's a song that says, when the battle is over. I forgot who wrote that song. So when the battle, when, the, when you think you're in a battle, start rejoicing. Because you've already won the battle already. You've already won the war already. God doesn't fail, my brothers and sisters. Father God, I pray that whatever it is that anybody's going through tonight, that's not of your will. I pray you shut it down in Jesus' name. Is there anybody here that has access to anybody that's not operating in the spirit and which resulted in godly war? I pray that you step in right now and bring divine alignment as you did for the Israelites, children of Israel, in the name of Jesus. Anybody go through any warfare, Lord? I pray to God that you give them the grace to stand if they need to stand. Help them to be still and know that you're God. In the name of Jesus, I pray you waste away our enemies and the enemies of our souls. As you have proclaimed in Joshua chapter 11, 20, Exodus 14. Lord, I pray that you do the same for our enemies. Let them drown in their own Red Seas. Let them be entrapped by their own and traps. The Bible says in Psalm 124 verse 7, it says, As a bird, my soul escaped out of the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and I am escaped. You will escape every trap of the devil in this new year in the name of Jesus Christ. 
every demonic, satanic, occultic, marine trap, trap of divination by the power and the blood of Jesus. I decree your release and deliverance and you receive the strength to escape out of that snare in Jesus' name. That's Psalm 124 verse 7. I remember reading that scripture and I was dealing with some things and I found that the devil was trying to snare me because I was very, uh, very trusting with certain people. I found myself in a snare where they would, they would harm me so much. Some of us don't realize that God has given us wisdom. The Bible says in uh, Hosea 4, 6, it said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The Bible says, be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. <laughs> there are some battles you have to fight. Jesus did not go on the cross of Calvary to get all this power, strip the devil of his power, only for you to sit on the sidelines in front of a church and all you care about and all you want from God is a blessing. Look at the word breakthrough. Do you know what the word breakthrough means? There's got to be some force for you to get a breakthrough. There's got to be some power. There's got to be some faith. All these breakthroughs that people want, that just that comes without any challenge, no battles, no wars, no tests, that's, that's not from God. Everything that God did was tested. They ever said that God tested his word seven times in the fire. There was a time when King David was, when he became king and he wanted to test, he, he asked for the uh, his kings, his uh, warriors to get him water. And they broke through the camp of the Philistines, the um, enemies of Israel, to get the water. These were giant-like men, warlike men. And when he came and gave him the water, he says, no, I'm not going to drink this water. He poured it down as an offering to the Lord. That is what a breakthrough is. You're breaking through the armament and fortresses of your enemies to take what belongs to you. tonight i pray the lord will lift you up and strengthen every one of you tonight he loves you he cares about you nothing is going to change your life if you don't exercise faith complete faith means complete trust complete trust means complete surrenderedness complete surrenderedness means complete focus some of you say you're surrendered but then you go surrender yourself to someone else surrender to god's word let his word be your guide tonight <laughs> All right. Father, we thank you again and we seal the beginning and the middle of this youth outreach and prayer meeting tonight. I pray, oh God, Father, that you work your will in our lives in the name of Jesus. There's somebody here with knee pain receive your healing tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I pray that if there's anybody here that you feel drained or someone is draining you, I pray that whatever spirit is operating that individual around you, that is draining you. I pray the power of God will arrest that spirit, bind it up and cast it a bit of hell in the name of Jesus. And I command that drainage to cease now in the name of Jesus. Lord, effect your work of deliverance here tonight in Jesus' name, amen. Pray with Psalm 144. Read the book of Psalm 144. It said, the Lord will teach your hands how to war and fight the battle of faith. Every battle that you fight has to be of faith. Every war you fight has to be with faith. <laughs> Receive your healing right now for your swollen left ankle, my sister. In Jesus' name, amen. This is all I'm going to give you tonight. I will try to have this recording available for you to listen to on, on the Apple podcast at Joel Isaiah 2022, Spotify at Joel Isaiah 2022. <laughs> And SoundCloud at Joel Isaiah 2022. I'll try to put it on the website as well at swordofthespiritofgod.com. Thank you once again. And if you want to bless this outreach, the information is there. Again, cash app is dollar sign targeted number four, Jesus Christ. PayPal is joel8915 at hotmail.com. If you're sending by PayPal, please postmark as family and friends. Venmo is at targeted number four, Jesus Christ. And uh, Zell, if you want to Zell, message me on Instagram. I'll provide information for you too. We'll meet again, my brothers and sisters. The Lord bless you. Tomorrow is going to be Thursday Bible study, so make yourself available. And we also combine combine the Bible study with prayer for the fasting. We're continuing our fasting. All right. The Lord bless you. And uh, this is all I'm going to share. All right.
Take care. Shalom. Bible study will be around this time. So be around 7, I think. I'll try to see if I can get it done at 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. We'll see. God bless you. Eastern time. Eastern standard time. God bless you, Sister Myra. <laughs>